7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, in London, 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and in New South Wales, Australia, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, so go to bed. In Malaysia, it is 1975. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Howdy doody, hello, nice to see you, happy Saturday, happy Easter, a little bit early. Uh, it'll be Easter Sunday here in a couple of hours. Uh, if you're elsewhere, it'll be something else. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, we are live, and uh, let's see, right off the bat, a couple of business things to take care of. Well, they're not business because they don't pay me for this, but I, I feel obligated. Streambeats.com are the good folks who supply the music. They've got all kinds of a variety of uh, formats and types of music. It's all free, copyright, strike-free, whether you're a streamer or uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch.tv. Um, thank you to Harris Heller and the guys at Alpha Gaming at uh, Streambeats.com if you're looking for that. And uh, 404 Tax, hello, hi, Kiwi Little, hello, people, hello, Kiwi, and hello to 404. Is that like a 404, like, cannot find page 404? That's still a 404, I think. Uh, I don't remember. It's been too long since I was like uh, an HTML guy. Yeah, it is today, Saturday, 4321. Now, that's if... You are not in the U.S. If you're in the U.S., it's 3421 or something like that. Anyway, however you write the... Uh, here in Malaysia, we write it uh, day, month, year. And in the U.S., which is what I'm used to, even after almost 20 years here, I still freak over the dates and have to check sometimes. But it is 4321. And I got this thing stuck in my head. Yeah, error 404. It's my birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Congratulations. That's nice. A very big happy birthday to you. Very nice. Um, I had this song stuck in my head all day. When I saw something early this morning posted on Facebook or Twitter or something about it being 4321, I, the song... And I, I can't remember the song, but it went, all I could remember was four, three, two, one, earth below us. And I'm going, what the hell is that song? I can't figure it out. I found it. I, I knew it was a song. I knew I wasn't, you know, making it up. And as it turned out, I found it and I actually posted it on my Facebook. It's... Peter Schilling, David Bowie, Major Tom, coming home. Uh, so, yeah, there it is. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the official song. And, and that just because it being four, three, two, one, earth below us, turning, falling, or something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so that was in my head all day. I don't know why. It just is. I get you get these little songs stuck in your head. You know what happens to everybody. I saw it posted somewhere once that is it possible that the reason is because your brain is picking up all those millions of radio frequencies and it's it's like 
intercepting a radio station. And that's why the song pops in your head. No, it's not, duh. But I thought that was a funny way of looking at it. <laughs> um, what else happened? Oh, 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 yes. Um, I, I'm always watching how-tos and, and things about streaming and online and different bits of information. I'm like a sponge. I just suck all this stuff up. And I saw, I saw a YouTube post, which is some guy, uh, I think it's from StreamYard, which is one of the streaming softwares that a lot of people use. I use uh, Streamlabs OBS, but um, a lot of people use Stream, StreamYard. In fact, I started using Streamlab and then switched, uh, StreamYard. Um, but they posted a video called How to Live Stream with No Viewers and Still Make It Worth Your Time. Okay, fine. Now, I realize that, and I know that actually this is something to a lot of people that is new, that do streaming, that do broadcasts, that do these kinds of things. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of weird. But then it occurred to me, because I do have a little thing up here that shows me how many uh, viewers I have across all platforms. I triple cast. So I am on Facebook Live. The page is called I'm Not Wearing Pants. I'm on my YouTube channel, Jay Sheldon. And I'm on Twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon No Pants. And so I'm on three different platforms. I can see how many total viewers I have. Uh, and I just realized why that doesn't bother me. If I have 20 or 50 or 100 or 5, because I spent the better part of 20 years in radio. And in radio, you never know how many, if anyone, is listening to you. It's just the nature of the beast. I mean, yes, there's, you know, ratings, Arbitron, uh, you know, so you get to see those when it's a rating cycle. And I assume probably nowadays, I've been out of the radio and television business for a long time. Everything I do now is online, pretty much. But um, I, we used to live and die by the ratings. You get bad ratings once in the, in the certain markets, certain stations, you're, you're gone. You're out of there. You're out! Um, not so much in the smaller markets, medium markets, nah, but in the big markets, yeah, it can happen. Um, so you do get the ratings. You do see if you can trust the ratings. But um, every day you jump in the air chair and you sign on with your show and you do a show. You put your everything into it. I used to love it. It was my life and I never had a dull day. Um, just like I love doing this stream. And whether I have one viewer or no viewers or a hundred viewers... I enjoy doing it. And then the nice part, unlike radio, well, for the most part back then, um, once it's out there live, right now we are live, but once it's out there, it's always there. You can go back and watch. We've done 40 some odd episodes and you can go back and watch the very first one. Uh, I know twitch.tv does not save them all. There's a certain amount, and then eventually they disappear. But on my YouTube channel and on Facebook, you can see everything. It's all there, and it will be there likely forever, um, which is fine. But in radio, you never knew. So to me, when I'm streaming, it's almost like doing a radio show. Um, okay, we, we don't play music, but, you know, copyrights and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, so it really, it's, 
Are you listening? Are you not listening? I don't know. <laughs> In fact, I have some people tell me. Um, if you want, by the way, somewhere down here, we'll scroll in a little while, uh, the email address to get in touch. If you don't want to chat, if you don't want to call me on Skype, you can send me an email. It's nopants at jsheldon.com. And I read, <laughs> you're listening. Thanks, 404. Um, I read all your emails. I reply to every single one of them. I've gotten a lot of emails. Thank you, all the folks who've written in show suggestions, things to talk about, things you like, things you don't like. And I get a few people that have said in the past that they will put this show on and then they'll do other things. And it's just the sound of my voice. I mean, whatever. But <laughs> I know that sounds a little self-serving. I didn't mean it that way. But um, they'll just put this on and they'll go on to doing whatever else. And it's like, it's like a different form of music, I suppose, in the background. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's more when I start reading the book chapters, which we will have again today, by the way. We're reading The Velveteen Rabbit, and uh, we'll continue on with a new chapter or two in, uh, in that. <clears throat> in the meantime, uh, not much. We didn't do hardly anything today. What can I talk about my day? Uh, we did laundry. Ooh, that was fun. We had a really good hockey and me. Me is like, uh, how do I explain me if you don't know what it is? M-E-E. -E. Um, it's a noodle. <clears throat> Typical Chinese-style noodle. Um, you know, like ramen noodles, if you're in the U.S.? Maggie, Maggie me. Uh, it's like that. But the real me, the, the homemade noodles are, oh, it's so different from what you know as ramen noodles. Um, I had a hockey and me today, and everything about it was delicious. It had this uh, ground pork. It had chives. It had a particular kind of me noodle that was so tasty. And uh, even the fish balls in the soup was just, oh, man, they were great fantastic. Um, like a podcast or an audiobook. You're right. I don't actually upload this show because I'm not sure it would work. A lot of what I do has to do with visuals. In fact, we're going to get to Facebook review in just a little bit here. But a lot of what I talk about, other than in the beginning and when I'm reading the book, the middle of the sandwich um, is often visual. So I don't upload this to like my my Spotify or whatever where you would put podcasts because I just don't know audio wise if this would work as a podcast I could try it doesn't cost me anything but I really don't think I'd wind up with that many subscribers so <laughs> uh man yeah, we'll see maybe down the road because sucking the audio out of this show is a no-brainer it's very easy to do but you're right 404 it's kind of like a podcast or an audiobook yeah. Um, there it is, the email, nopants at jsheldon.com if you want to uh, write and get in touch. Ah, one thing that it was today, again, bloody freaking hot. It's like Chinese New Year weather. Every year, I know it's not because of Chinese New Year. It's the weather, science, you know, Chinese New Year is what it is. But it does seem... After 20 years here, I can tell you, it does seem like every year, Chinese New Year, which changes, the date changes, it's not exactly the same time like Christmas or whatever. Um, every year around Chinese New Year, it gets so bloody hot. 
And it's like that right now. For the last week, it has been insane. I get out of the shower and I'm sweating. I need another shower. It's just that bad. I take like five, six, seven showers a day. It is. In fact, tonight, you might hear a noise in the background. If you do, I have finally uh, bowed down and turned the air con on in my studio. Normally, I just turn on a couple of the other rooms and it leaks in and that's enough so we don't get the, the noise. But tonight... Tonight, I got the air running in the studio, so it's a, a little bit better, but even that can't keep up with this unbelievable heat. Look, Malaysia is hot. There's no doubt about that. It is always, always hot here. But lately, oh my God, unbelievable. All right. Um, what else have I got? I got tons of stuff. So it's hot. We didn't do much today, but that was the plan. We could, thought we'd kind of have a chill weekend, not do much of anything. The biggest thing I can tell you I accomplished was laundry. Oh, and by the way, because it's hot, you see this? My forehead is breaking out all over the place. I was going to put some makeup on before the show, but I thought, eh, be yourself. It's hot. <laughs> I had spring ice everywhere. Aw, I'm so jealous. Spring, where are you, 404? Uh, it didn't say. Um, I'm assuming someplace in a, in a northern way above the equator. If you've got spring ice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, man. I'm telling you. North Asia. Ah, okay. North Asia. Cool. Uh, right. Um, we live in a very strange planet. And we live in some very odd times. And I'm not going to talk a lot about this, not because I'm afraid to. I ain't afraid to talk about anything. As you know, on this show, I will talk about anything. Um, but this kind of ticked me off. And I'll, not for the reasons you think. Not for the reasons you think. This is from the New Straits Times, nst.com.my. Photographer slapped with a 15,000 ringgit fine for insulting Hinduism. Now, more times than not here in Malaysia, which is significantly more Islamic than it is uh, any other religion, uh, people are, whoops, people are, are charged with things like insulting Islam. Uh, rarely, if ever, does anyone get charged with insulting Christianity uh, apparently, occasionally, people get in charge, getting charged with insulting Hinduism. Now, apparently, it is against the law to insult a religion. Doesn't matter what religion or whatever religion happens to be in the majority. Insulting religion. Okay? Here's what ticks me off. You cannot insult a religion. Why is that a law? You can insult someone who believes in that religion because that someone is a person who has feelings that can be insulted. Religion is not a person. It has no feelings. It cannot be insulted. Hmm? I'm not wrong. 
You can, I'm telling you, I've held this for the longest time, and I absolutely believe it. Nothing you say will ever change my mind. You cannot insult a religion, because a religion is an inanimate thing. The header is trying to bug people. No, that's actually the charge. Insulting Hinduism, insulting Islam, insulting Christianity, insulting Judaism, although that would never get charged here. But Regardless, you can insult, I can be insulted. I'm an agnostic. I'll just be upfront with you. I've said that before on this show. I do not have a belief. But let's say I were Muslim or I were Christian. You can insult me about my religion because I'm a human being. You can't insult my religion. A religion has no feelings. Okay, I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on this and I meant it. That's it. Stop charging people with insulting a religion. You can't insult a religion. You can only insult its followers. Okay? Good. We agree on that? Good. Now, one more thing, and then we're going to move on to fun stuff. Why do you have to stick a swab halfway up your nose, practically to your brain, when apparently a single drop of spit can infect someone six feet away? Hmm? Just saying. Okay. All right. On to the fun one. I love this. <laughs> we all know about self-driving cars, right? We know about self-driving cars, how they work, how they, it's all sensors and computers and insane. And, and they've been out for a while, but they're still new tech for the most part. I saw this headline. It's from worldabuzz.com. They always do the strangest, freakiest stories. Tesla's autopilot gives up after being stuck in traffic in Vietnam and asks the driver to take over. You see the, uh, you see the screenshot here? Right here? Take over immediately, it says. <laughs> it got so fed up with being stuck in traffic. The autopilot said, mm. That's it. I'm out of here. You drive. <laughs> That's a classic. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, see, even tech. Can you imagine if it tried to drive in Bangkok? I mean, I understand Vietnam's traffic is bad, but I think, yeah, Tesla having a breakdown. You're right. Uh, I think uh, I, I've read a few times that Bangkok has one of the, if not the worst traffic Although people tell me Jakarta is, in Indonesia, Jakarta is worse than Bangkok. I can tell you that driving in downtown Kuala Lumpur here in Malaysia, KL, oh my God. And now that they've opened up interdistrict travel, but not interstate travel, because we're still all under house arrest per se, um, now... The traffic is back to being as bad as it ever was. The malls are full. There's no parking anywhere. It's a nightmare. It is one thing we discovered today, that it is impossible to park anywhere. Even the mall parking lots are full. It's, uh, yeah, it's bad. Okay. Nothing like my hometown of Cornwall. However, speaking of Cornwall, you like the way I did that little segue there? Nice, huh? Speaking of Cornwall, Cornwall, Connecticut, by the way, not... Cornwall, England. I grew up in Cornwall, Connecticut, which is in the northwest corner of the state. And um, 
it was a very small town when I lived there. It probably is pretty much a very small town. I don't know what the population is nowadays, but I think when I lived there, it might have been, I don't know, maybe 1,500 people. It's very small, very, very small little Kampong. And um, however, what it was, because as I've said before, uh, it's about two hours drive from New York City. And because it's so isolated and we native Cornwall people pretty much keep to ourselves, I mean, we are neighborly, we are friendly, we know everybody. But if somebody famous moves into town, and a lot of them do, we pretty much just go, you know, like, eh, Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, whatever. Um, Michael J. Fox, okay. And those are just a couple of the people who have either had or currently have homes in my hometown. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Michael J. Fox, uh, a lot of people that you may not know because they're not in front of the camera, but people who are behind the camera or, you know, the head of ABC Sports, things like that. Very, very huge, big up in the, uh, in the entertainment business, television, film, and writers, directors, producers, not just the actors in front of the camera. <coughs> Excuse me, but they... They all have, have homes there because, A, it's a beautiful, beautiful area in northwest Connecticut. Uh, B, like I said, for the most part, people just kind of leave them alone. Um, one thing that hasn't been left alone, though, are prices. Never mind buying a home in Cornwall, Connecticut these days. In fact, check this out. Never mind renting a home in Cornwall, Connecticut these days. This is unbelievable. Check this out. Forty-five thousand USD a month to rent this place in West Cornwall. That in fact is where I lived in West Cornwall. That's not my house. I wish. Forty-five thousand USD a month. This is insane. I have no idea. I don't know anybody who would make that kind of money. That is crazy. Absolutely nuts. Can you imagine? Yeah, a month. Exactly, 404. Obligated Orb, hey, nice to see you. Obligated Orb says, sheesh, which is exactly right. Yeah, sheesh. And that's, I saw another post from somebody and um, those were like, you know, around 35, 45,000, 50,000 a month for rent. Insane. Unbelievable. Invis Toby. Hey, obligated orb. Hello. Nice to have you along. Cool. <laughs> Not worth it. I don't care who you are. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. I could not agree more. And as, as you can see, my little hometown has turned into quite the, uh, quite the bedroom community. Damn. How about this one? I saw this post, which was funny in and of itself, making of the world's first camera. Now, take a look at this lens, this lens hood here. Let me get my mouse back. There you go. Look at this. That's a guy. Look at the size of this thing. Making of the world's first camera. What I'm not showing you yet is the is the 
a comment somebody made is this guy, David. Okay. Here's the comment. It'll make sense in a second. Which camera took the picture of the world's first camera? <laughs> I love, see, think outside the box. I love that. Which camera took the picture of the world's first camera? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <coughs> oh, man. By the way, anytime you want to chime in on the show, you can. You can Skype me. The number's popping around through the bottom right now. one 598 is the phone number. That's a Connecticut number, so toll charges may apply. Or you can Skype. Just Skype, type in Jay Sheldon, or I'm not wearing pants. Jay Sheldon is probably easier on Skype. And hit call, boom, you're on the show, just like that. Uh, I think it's the first video camera. Somehow... I'm not sure that would be right, but yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <clears throat> oh my, I want to see the type of picture the first camera took, uh, that would be nice, but you know, again, I th it was just a, a, a glass plate, wasn't it, coated with nitrous, whatever it is, I, I don't know, I don't know, those days are gone, I'm afraid, although somebody told me that Kodak, was coming out with, this was many years ago, a few years ago, um, coming out with a new 8mm or Super 8 camera. My first film ever was shot, not on even Super 8, on an 8mm wind-up movie camera. You, act, you loaded the film in in the dark and everything, the little tiny reel of 8mm film. You wound it up, and then you hit the trigger... You changed, it had three lenses on the front of the camera. You could see through the eyepiece and and then you hit the trigger and it would and run the film through and expose it. Uh, my very first film ever, Little Shorty, uh, was a Professor Fate and the Hannibal 8 type thing, um, was shot with uh, David Heininger and John Mulligan. And I think my sister Kathy, but I don't remember. I th it might have been, or else was it Cynthia Heininger? Might have been Cynthia. It was so many, 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 many years ago. I, I, have, I have very little memory. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of many years ago in the television world, I loved this. I saw this today. Check this out. Yeah, that's Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk in a smarthy, smarmy uh, kiss. But back when that was shot, it was not just any old kiss on screen. Uh, 404 says, I have tape photo camera, but I don't have a tape. Oh, nice. I used to use the original video I ever shot was on a separate camera with a cable that fed into a uh, half-inch videotape machine on reels. You would you'd load one up, reel it through around the record heads and the take-up reel, almost like a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder, only it was videotape. It was half-inch. And they had, of course, back in the day, you know, all the big TV shows used to be taped on two-inch videotape, which was literally two inches high. It's huge. Anyway, check this out. Star Trek's interracial kiss. That's what's special about this one. The first ever televised. Now, the network was very worried that stations in the South might object to this interracial kiss, which nowadays is like, yeah, so what? Uh, but anyway, they uh, shot two versions. 
one with a kiss and one without. But now check this out. I love this. Shatner and Nichols deliberately flubbed up the non-kiss takes. Wound up, the network had no choice and aired the show. And after it aired, the show received one of the largest batches of fan mail ever, and all of it very positive. Cool. <laughs> I love that one. Obligated says, yes, I remember this episode. She was supposed to kiss Spock, actually. But Shatner said, if someone's going to be her first kiss, it's going to be me. I can't do William Shatner. If someone's going to be his first kiss, it should be me. That's not Shatner. Anyway, <laughs> something like that. Nice. But anyway, yeah, this was a great story when I saw this. I assume that it's true. And they shot two episodes because they were just that worried that in the South, people might complain. You know, that was a very different time back in the U.S., back in the 60s. Although if some of these crazy left people have their way, we may be going back to that time. Seriously. All right, check this out. I love this. I would so buy one of these t-shirts. I want to make some. I want to make some. This is the coolest thing ever. This is a new thing they're doing to make uh, to make t-shirts. Watch this. I can't play the sound, but watch. See what they're doing? This is the side of the road. This is this is like pavement. City streets lined with the coolest things from grids, covers, street tiles. Let me just pause it. You see that there? Unfortunately, it's got the stuff all over it here. But all right, get rid of that. Okay, cool. You know what? I should I should move this over. Let me see if I can. There we go. Okay. Capture these. Look at that's a manhole cover. So they cover it with ink. Lift it up. Check this out. And there you go. Look at that. Look at that. Would you wear that shirt or what? I would absolutely wear that shirt. That is the coolest thing ever. And not just the manhole covers. Look at this. Cracks and all. That's so cool. Look at that. And honestly, except for the ink and a few things along with the t-shirt, that almost looks like KL, doesn't it? That looks like um, Menara KL. I'm assuming it's not, but it does look like it. Check that out. Exploring the Overlooked. Man, you could make a fortune doing this. So, yeah, exactly, uh, 404. So stylo. Look at that. I don't know. I don't see a, a shop or anything here. Budapest. There you go. Check. Oh, look at that. Nice. With the, what is that, a bear? Something like that. That is the coolest thing. Mashable. Damn cool. Why didn't I think of that? Seriously, these. I'm assuming they probably have some sort of little boutique or something. But every city's got these. Even small towns have them. And um, the ink doesn't wash out too quickly. Well, I would assume they're using proper printer's ink, which is made for T-shirts and things like, like the one I'm wearing here. By the way, did you see this? Let me switch to the other camera here. I think I've shown this before, but in case you're new, this is Samurai voiceover artist. See, got the uh, Samurai here, got the microphone, windscreen, spit shield, pop, pop shield. Yeah, this is, <laughs> no, 
I spent a freaking fortune on this. It came from the UK. Some guys over there designing it. They have a whole website of samurai fill in the blank. So, you know, samurai bass guitar player, samurai voiceover artist. Strangely enough, they had voiceover artists. There can't be that many of us. <coughs> Excuse me, but check it out. I, I just do a do an internet search for samurai t-shirts it'll probably come up you'll see them they're very cool but fair warning they ain't cheap i had to have this one because it was just too cool how often do you see a voiceover anything so i picked that up because it was it was damn cool all right you know what that's it we got through everything i wanted to talk about tonight imagine that how'd that happen wow Actually, it happened because I've been doing 34 minutes. That's why. Wow. I've been doing 34 minutes. I need some extra light. Okay, there we go. It's still hot in here. I started out the show by telling you how hot it was in Malaysia. Trust me. It hasn't changed. It's wicked bad. Wicked, wicked, wicked bad. Okay. Um, it is time. It is time for the Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> we're, uh, we're reading the Velveteen Rabbit. And uh, we read a chapter, if it's a short chapter, maybe more than one, every stream at the end of our stream. Uh, it usually takes 20 minutes, maybe a little more. And um, we did The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We just finished Alice in Wonderland. And now we are doing The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams Bianco. And I explained last time that uh, Marjorie Williams Bianco is my great, great aunt. Uh, yeah, so there you go little nepotism here on the books we choose. But this is a very famous and a very well-known story. If you haven't heard it before, well, join along with me because I have, sadly to admit, even though she's a relative, I never read it before either. So it's the first time for you and for me. And uh, strangely enough, I actually managed to find the, um, to find the illustrations for the Velveteen Rabbit, and uh, we're going to kind of go along with the chapters we read. This one is when, as you know, the last time, the skin horse was talking to the Velveteen Rabbit about becoming real. And uh, so that's, in fact, the chapter we're starting with tonight. It's called uh, The Skin Horse Tells His Story. The boy's uncle made me real, he said. That was a great many years ago, but once you are real, you can't become unreal again. It lasts for always. Well, the rabbit sighed. He thought it would be a long time before this magic called real happened to him. He longed to become real, to know what it felt like, and yet the idea of growing shabby and Losing his eyes and whiskers was rather sad. He wished that he could become it without these uncomfortable things happening to him. There was a person called Nana who ruled the nursery. Sometimes she took no notice of the playthings lying around, and sometimes, for no reason whatever, she went swooping about like a great wind and hustled them away in cupboards, she called this tidying up, and the playthings all hated it. 
especially the tin ones. Now, the rabbit didn't mind it so much, for wherever he was thrown, he always came down soft. One evening, when the boy was going to bed, he couldn't find the china dog that always slept with him. Nana was in a hurry, and it was too much trouble to hunt for china dogs at bedtime, so she simply looked about her, and seeing that the toy cupboard door stood open, she made a swoop. Here, she said, take your old bunny. He'll do to sleep with you. And she dragged the rabbit by one ear and put him into the boy's arms. That night, and for many nights after, the velveteen rabbit slept in the boy's bed. At first, he found it rather uncomfortable, for the boy hugged him very tight. Sometimes he rolled over on him, and sometimes he pushed him so far under the pillow that the rabbit could scarcely breathe. And he missed, too, those long moonlit hours in the nursery when all the house was silent and his talks with the skin horse. But very soon he grew to like it, for the boy used to talk to him and made nice tunnels for him under the bedclothes that he said were like the burrows that real rabbits lived in. And they had splendid games together, in whispers, when Nana had gone away to her supper and left the nightlight burning on the mantelpiece. And when the boy dropped off to sleep, the rabbit would snuggle down close, under his little warm chin, and dream with the boy's hands clasped close round him all night long. And so time went on, and the little rabbit was very happy, so happy that he never noticed how his beautiful velveteen fur was getting shabbier and shabbier, and his tail was becoming unsown, and all the pink rubbed off his nose where the boy had kissed him. Spring came, and they had long days in the garden, for whatever the boy went, the rabbit went too, and he had rides in the wheelbarrow and picnics on the grass, and lovely fairy huts built for him under the raspberry canes behind the flower border. And once, when the boy was called away suddenly to go out to tea, the rabbit was left out in the lawn until well after dusk, and Nana had to come and look for him with the candle, because the boy could not go to sleep unless he was there. He was wet with the dew and quite earthy from diving into the burrows the boy had made for him in the flower bed, and Nana grumbled as she rubbed him off with a corner of her apron. I think we're going to go on and do another chapter. It's called Springtime. You must have your old bunny, she said. Fancy all that fuss for a toy. Well, the boy sat up in bed and stretched out his arms. Give me my bunny, he said. You mustn't say that. He isn't a toy. He's real. When the little rabbit heard that, he was so happy for he knew that what the skin horse had said was true at last. 
the nursery magic had happened to him, and he was no longer a toy. He was real. The boy himself had said it. That night, he was almost too happy to sleep, and so much love stirred in his little sawdust heart that it almost burst, and into his boot-button eyes that had long ago lost their polish, there came a look of wisdom and beauty, so that even Nana noticed it the next morning when she picked him up and said, I declare, if that old bunny hasn't got quite a knowing expression. <laughs> and that is the Velveteen Rabbit. Coming up next time, we will do a chapter or two. It's called, That Was a Wonderful Summer. So we will move on to another chapter next time in our Velveteen Rabbit book. It's such a cute little story. I love this. And it's going to end up even better. I did sneak a peek ahead. So The Velveteen Rabbit by Marjorie Williams Bianco. Brilliant. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us for another show. It's a Saturday night, which means we'll be back on Tuesday. Wherever you may be, be sure you do us the favor of liking, subscribing, sharing. Make a comment if you like. Again, you can email me, nopants at jsheldon.com, and I will read and reply to all your emails. Appreciate that. And don't forget, too, that... Um, you can send your book suggestions by all means. Um, like, subscribe, share. If you are so inclined, there is a link here for you to make a donation to uh, the show to help defray costs. Also on, on Facebook, you'll find it, I think, in the description above or below. or In one of these places, you'll find it. If you, if you are able and so inclined, no obligation. Thank you uh, for those who have and those who will. Appreciate that. Like, subscribe, share. Those are all the biggies on YouTube. Jay Sheldon, look for that logo. Also, twitch.tv, give us a subscribe over there. And uh, on Facebook, you will find us at I'm Not Wearing Pants. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks so much again. On a Enjoy the rest of your Saturday or Saturday night. Have a wonderful Easter if you are celebrating the holiday. And uh, I will see you back here again on... Tuesday night, 10 p.m. my time, wherever that may, may be on uh, your part of the planet. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. Yo.